And I hit the wrong button, but that's okay. Hey, everybody. I'm out of practice. Um, we're back. StadiaCast is back. I, I'm not sure. I think it's been a month since yeah, I sat yes. down and did an episode of StadiaCast. So first off, thank you to everybody who's here in the live chat. You guys are awesome. Can we all get like a great job, Lloyd? In in chat to, for picking up my slack while I was gone for a month, you guys, uh, yeah. like he did a great job. So thanks, Lloyd. Awesome no job. No slack to pick up. No slack to pick up. You were you were sick with COVID. <laughs> like that that is that is way more important than doing a, a podcast or video content. So just happy to see you back and smiling. And uh, I I think you've been watering your beard daily <laughs> for the last month because I I think uh, as people are saying in chat, I shaved it off sent it to you overnight and you just glued it to your face uh but you put a little more gray in the front <laughs> a lot more gray in the front <laughs> uh yeah um <laughs> my wife calls it makeup tutorials for men I've, i watched this guy on youtube show you how to trim your beard the right way um right if you're gonna have a longer beard and i like i had to watch that like three or four times because it was getting kind of bananas like really kind of crazy and i i trimmed it down and i'm pretty happy with the way it looks right now, um, but I don't like all that gray. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about video games, and I, I do want to say right at the beginning, thank you to everybody uh, for all the well wishes, and I'm sure you'll hear me say that on On Deck, which is, I'm in the middle of editing, and that'll come out tomorrow, I believe, and you'll hear me say it on Nintendo Switchcraft, but just again, <laughs> thank you to everybody. Uh, like, so many people were really awesome. There were a couple people that weren't so awesome, but I just banned them. Uh, but there are a lot of really, really awesome people that said a lot of nice things and uh, get well things, and you guys are great. Let's talk about video games, because I haven't talked about video games in a very long time. So It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, let's start with, um, for those of you that don't know, this is StadiaCast. This is the show that you want to check out if you want all of the Stadia news. I would say up to date, but I haven't done a show in a month, and I don't know what's up to date anymore. So first off, Lloyd, we always start with what you've been playing. I'm going to start with what I've been playing, which is nothing. Lloyd, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, I've, I've actually been playing a lot of games over the last little bit, um, all across every platform, like the... Um, Metro Dread, I've been playing a lot of that, but that was weeks ago. Then the uh, we we got the update for Animal Crossing, so I've been back in my town. Uh, everybody's like, "Hey, I haven't seen you in over a year." I was like, "Yeah, shut up, or I'll kick you off my island." Uh, <laughs> I've been doing that, uh, playing a bunch of stuff on GeForce Now, playing a bunch of stuff on Xbox, playing a bunch of stuff on Nintendo Switch, uh, but on Stadia, the pr the main game that I've been playing on Stadia is still Far Cry Six. I am completely addicted to that game i'm i'm actually scared to go look at my playtime because it's going to be a lot um playing through all of the side content trying to get all of the side stories done before i finish the final mission um doing all the pickups getting all the items uh taking down all of the uh all the bases and everything what a fantastic game i i gotta say a lot of a lot of people were kind of um hit and miss on it they're like oh it doesn't really change much it doesn't doesn't do anything to make the the franchise different um but then when uh, ubisoft tries to change things everyone gets mad that they change things um so i i kind of like what they did here um i love going through the the new island of yara which is supposed to be uh not yara uh, but it's it's set on an island that is that is very much like uh 
kind of like a Cuba. Cuba. Um, I, I love the world. I love the um, the culture that is shown off. I love everything about the game. And uh, it has just been so much fun. So I haven't beat the game, but that's on purpose. I don't want to finish the final mission until I clean up all the other stuff. But what just a, a just a fantastic game. And it was it's been amazing to play it on Stadia to um, to, to just play it on all my screens. Um, I've tried it through Ubisoft Plus on PC and other things. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, for some reason, the even though it's 30 frames a second on Stadia, it just feels feels buttery smooth for uh for whatever reason so uh yeah far cry 6 has been fantastic and that's been taken up the prime the, the most we'll say of my stadia gameplay time is playing far cry 6 yeah so when far cry 6 i know it, it's been out for a while now why are we still talking about because it? it's a really good game um but when that game came out and uh, there were a bunch of people who were complaining that it was 30 frames per second I yeah. thought, is there something wrong with my eyes or something that I just can't see this? And I, I'm I'm the first to admit that um, I am not super sensitive to low frame rates in video games. It doesn't really bother me as long as it's a stable frame rate. But when I was playing Far Cry 6, now I haven't played it any other way than on Stadia, it felt really good. It felt yeah. really good. So... I, I was really struggling to see what everybody was complaining about. That being said, I know there are people who are far more sensitive to uh, lower frame rates than I am. And for those people, I can totally understand how that's uh, disappointing. But that game's awesome. Now, I haven't played anything because I just didn't have the energy to play anything. I basically sat on my little couch over there and I watched a lot of seasons of M.A.S.H., uh, because that's a really good show to just sit and, and kind of veg out and watch. So I didn't play anything. I'm going to try and play some stuff uh, this week. We, we've got a bunch of uh, games to, to check out. Uh, did, you, yeah. did you get a chance to check out Dragon Ball Z? I can never say the name. How do you say it? Krakow? 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 Kakarot. 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 All right. Yeah, Kakarot. So yeah, I, I did play that. This dropped uh, on on Google Stadia. We got uh, a little bit of a pre-announcement by uh, the developers saying, hey, we're, we're going to be on Stadia in like three days. And then next thing you know, three days later, boom, it's on the Stadia store. Uh, this is an older game that has been on other consoles. So it's not like this is a, a super new title. Um, but it's a game that I've never played, and it's a game that I've wanted to play. Um, I I was a fan of Dragon Ball Z when it first uh, started airing. Um, so I watched maybe the first two, three seasons or whatever, because uh, I think the first season was like six episodes or something crazy. Um, maybe maybe I'm wrong there. It's a long time ago when I watched Dragon Ball Z. And then it, it went into like crazy town, and and I'd come back after a couple of years, and I'd see it on uh, on like Teletoon or whatever, and I'd turn it on, and I'm like, what is happening? Who's that? I don't recognize anybody. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll catch up later. And I never caught up later. Um, and Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is kind of the way that I'm going to catch up on kind of the storyline. This is an open world RPG. So you fly around as Goku or um, any any of the other characters. You can control most of the main characters in the franchise. And you're flying around the world. You're, you're doing challenges. You're doing quests. You're finding items. You're killing enemies. You're powering up to uh, 9,000 and all the other <laughs> stuff that you do in Dragon Ball Z. But the game is so beautiful. If you've ever watched the cartoon or, or the anime... 
it looks like that in live action. Um, it even has cutscenes where uh, it'll it'll like pause on a scene while something's flying by, and then you get like the clouds kind of go in from the left, uh, top left, and bottom right, and then you get like the title card, just like if you're watching the anime. And they did a really good job. It has like all of the voice actors or a lot of the voice actors. It has the the main announcer for the cartoon is doing stuff in in the uh, game as well. So I've just been having a fun time. I, I'm maybe only an hour or two in, so not a lot of time spent with it yet. But uh, I can't wait to get back into it and kind of just learn more about the world that I loved once upon a time. But then uh, it, it continued to air episodes every, uh, I, I think, eight episodes a day aired for some time. Maybe not that much, but it felt like it because I came back after a short period of time. And I didn't know what was going on in that world. <laughs> so uh, it'll be good to kind of go through all of the uh, all of that game, play through the story mode, learn more about uh, the whole Dragon Ball Z stuff. And uh, maybe this will be the thing that will convince me to finally uh, get a Crunchyroll subscription so I can kind of blaze through that whole series. Because I'd love to I'd love to watch it all again, um, even the stuff that I'd watch early on. Because uh, it is uh, it is an anime that I enjoyed once upon a time. So uh, yeah, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. If you if you like the world, if you like the anime, and if you want to play a game that has a lot of things that play out just like the cartoons, uh, this is a great game for you. Um, it's open world, as I said, a lot of collectibles, a lot of different missions and things. But um, yeah, having a lot of fun. It's uh, it's been it's been a it's been a good game to kind of dig into, and it's. Uh, it's the game that's on my mind right now that I want to go play right now. So I think right after the show, I'm going to jump in and, and play some Kakarot because it is fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. I, I've never, ever watched any Dragon Ball Z. Um, I loaded up the tutorial and I did a little bit of the combat and I was like, I don't think I like this combat system. It might not be for me. I'll give it another shot. But yeah, it's it's definitely something that I think if you are a fan of Dragon Ball Z it's probably something where you're like, oh, okay, well, this is perfect. And if you are somebody who doesn't know anything about Dragon Ball Z, then you're like, I don't really get it because you don't yeah. have that background knowledge. It's almost like, and there's going to be people who disagree with me here. I watched the movie Dune, the new one, and I thought that was boring. I didn't enjoy it at <laughs> all. Um, and everybody, like a bunch of people were like, well, if you read the books, you'd probably would have liked it a lot. And I was, And I can say... <laughs> Yeah, probably, because I sure. felt like they didn't really give the characters enough time to really, for me to get to know them. Right. And it might have been just like the books, but the movie just landed flat with me. And I know that that's an unpopular opinion, but then again, I never read the books. So maybe having that background information of having watched Dragon Ball Z helps you enjoy the game more. And that's exactly yeah. who the game is aimed at anyway. All right. And I'll, I'll, Go ahead. I'll say the 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 kind of intro tutorial where you're fighting Piccolo and you're kind of just floating in the air, firing the 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 little key balls or whatever whatever you're doing. <laughs> that's kind of not what the game is. Uh, you're fighting a really tough enemy with multiple uh, health bars. That really doesn't happen uh, for quite some time in the game. So it was kind of an awkward way to start it out. It's like here's a full screen uh, view of your controller, 
and every button does something and there's you hold l2 and every other button does something else you hold r2 and every button does something else and it's like oh my god how am i going to play this game <laughs> um, after you after you beat piccolo for the first time then it gets into kind of the open world stuff and you go on a you go on a hunt with your son uh so it's so it's you and your son and you have to go get apples and go fishing and you you get into the kind of cooking mini game and the fishing mini game and collecting items and um and then doing side quests so it starts really weird i i don't know why they started that way but after you beat it then it gets more into kind of like the gamey gameness of it and uh, and then you know when those battles are coming up you know when you're gonna have a big battle and you can expect multiple health bars um but it's really not like that for at least in the couple hours that i've been playing uh there really is no no other um things like that that happen right away so it was a really awkward way to kind of start the game yeah and and to be fair to the you know that that game itself like I said before, I didn't really have the energy to put any to put, I didn't have any energy to put towards something that was not immediately fun. Mm -hmm. So I put it down very very quickly. I'll give it another shot. Uh let's Fair. move on to the news. This one a lot of people were upset about and mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of I don't know how I feel about it yet. Uh but this one it says changes headed to this week in Stadia. This was 12 days ago. Been a long <laughs> time. Sorry. It has. Uh they yeah. said, "Hey everyone, Hope you're all, my mouse is in the way, having a great start to your week. We wanted to take this opportunity to discuss the upcoming changes and upcoming change to this week on Stadia. We'll be moving this week on Stadia to a bi-weekly cadence. Uh, we're committed to delivering information and updates to you in the best way possible, and we believe that moving to this new cadence is best for now. You will continue to see other blog posts like game announcements, de developer Q&As and monthly Stadia save point posts plus updates to the Stadia blog, which stick around because we're going to talk about stuff that was posted to the dev blog soon. Um, uh, they will continue posting feature announcements such as new features that roll out to everyone. Again, stick around. We've got a lot to talk about there as well. And uh, they said during our no blog weeks, we will be using the time to focus more on interacting with you all wonderful Stadians. We understand that this new schedule may be disappointing, so we truly do appreciate you riding through the wave of change with us, the Stadia team. All right, Lloyd, what what was your initial reaction here to this? Um, it's it's really hard to say. Like I I saw the announcement and I'm like, oh, okay. So I was disappointed, but not not angry uh, about any of this stuff. Um, for me, the the biggest issue was one of the biggest complaints leading up to that announcement was there's very little communication that is happening uh, lately from Stadia. And everybody's like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And then the announcement is, we're going to tell you stuff half as much. And and then everybody's head exploded. Um, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's a little disappointing. But then I'm like, you know what? They've kind of been doing this for a while. Like, it seems like every other This Week on Stadia, it's a very small one. It's like, here's this update. Here's this free game. Uh, check out all the other games coming out. There's over 100 games this year on Stadia. So it was a very small update anyway. So I don't really think this is going to change anything. Um, but freeing up their PR squad and allowing them to do some other things might be a good thing at the end of the day. Um, it'll allow them to do more dev blogs, Q&As, uh, that type of stuff, which is at the end of the day, probably more interesting than just seeing a, a list of games come to the Stadia um, service in a list uh, every week. Like that, that isn't as interesting to me as finding out more from developers and stuff like that. You know, uh, there's a, I, this is not, I'm not trying to crap on anybody 
out there who does YouTube stuff or podcast stuff differently than we do. Um, but there's like, there's people who are like, I'm going to post new stuff every single day. I'm going to post new stuff. This is the schedule. I'm going to hit the schedule every single time. I'm always going to do stuff. And sometimes when people do that and they don't have anything to say, it just feels like filler. And for myself, I've always been like, I mean, there are times where I've wanted to scale back how often I post stuff to just make it less often. Uh, But I've never wanted to be like, I'm going to do a thing every single day because you end up with that filler. I'm going to give an example. Nintendo Switchcraft. When I started that show, it was a three times a week show. Uh, Mm -hmm. The reason that I did it that way was because it drove me nuts when something cool would happen and then I had to wait (laughs) a week to find out what my favorite podcast people were talking about it for. And that happened a lot. And I thought, you know what? There's probably a lot of people out there like me who want to have that more often. So I did that show three times a week. As the pandemic wore on and Nintendo had less stuff for me to talk about, I said, you know what? I'm bringing it down to two days a week and then I'm bringing it down to one day a week because I didn't want to do filler. And I think that's what Stadia is doing. The Stadia community blog is doing. They're saying we don't want to do filler. We'll post stuff. We'll still tell you when things are coming. But every week, every other week now, we're going to post that that biweekly thing. And I think that makes a lot of sense because let's say that you post something like every week. So Tuesday, is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday comes around and they post that 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 community blog and there's like nothing that interesting in it. That's a bad look. PR wise like that doesn't look good so it's better to hold on to that stuff for a little bit longer and let's be honest there's been plenty of times where friggin gem has figured something out and told everybody (laughs) about it and stadia's like they don't mention it in the in the uh in the blog post at all like this new feature that that somebody has figured out and they don't talk about it at all so it's not like we are really dependent on them to get our stadia news so we're not to we're not dependent on them. We're dependent on Gem is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, the, the one thing that is going to be nice is if the This Week in Stadia is late, because if it didn't happen at 11 a.m. Central on Tuesday, immediately there's tweets. Oh, Stadia's dead. They're not telling us anything about their service. Oh, my God. It's the, the, the ceilings. The sky is falling. Everything's going crazy. Um, maybe this will kind of stop that. And, and maybe people just kind of come back to reality that you're not going to get um, amazing news every week because not there's no business that has amazing news every week. Um, there's a lot of filler in every other um, kind of announcement like this where it's like, hey, these are the games coming out this week and it's probably nothing for you that you're really interested in. So it's better to have meaty uh, announcements every couple of weeks than okay announcements uh, every week. Uh, at least in my opinion, that that is what I prefer. Yeah, well, speaking of this week on Stadia, uh, this week on Stadia, they posted uh, earlier this week. Was it this week on the 29th? We're playing catch up a little bit, everybody. It's OK. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's a Dead by Daylight Halloween event. Obviously, moving on. Don't, nothing to say there. Um, this is uh, Hello Engineer is now out. I played the early access version. Not a fan for me. I can see how it could be really appealing to other people. But for me, it was just like, ah, I don't I don't really care for it. Uh, we right. got some new pro titles. 
um, 100 Days, Winemaking Simulator, Dirt 5, and Kimono Heroes. Now, uh, have you played any of those, Lloyd? Oh, and Saints Row 4. I, I've, oh, I've played Saints Row 4 on other platforms. I've played Dirt on other platforms. I have not played them on Stadia yet, uh, just because Far Cry 6 has been my addiction, and then Dragon Ball Z has gotten in the way. Um, I'm a big fan of Saints Row 4. I really love that game. Um, it's not for the kiddies, so don't play it around kids. Uh, there's a lot of really uh, inappropriate humor in the game. Um, but I can't wait to jump in and check out how well it runs on Stadia. And to get back into Dirt 5 a little bit, um, it's a very bad time for that to happen. Because, yeah. uh, Forza Horizon 5 just came out, and I got er early access to that by buying the, the Premiere Pack or whatever it's called because my son is a complete gearhead and he loves vehicles. Uh, so I've been playing that as well. And, and then I'm like, oh, well, if I'm going to play a racing game, I'm going to play that one right now. So I, I got to make some time and play through these uh, new pro titles, uh, including the the winemaking one, because that's one that I've been really interested in since it dropped. But I just haven't had a chance to check it out. Yeah, the winemaking one looks like when when I first saw it, I thought, wow, that looks cool. Like I like the the art style. I like the the UI that they're doing where you've got like these little things and you put them down on the plot and you can rotate them in order to fit them in the right spots. Right. That looks really cool. I've heard people complain about like the story mode being kind of boring it, but they really like the endless mode. And then somebody told me, and I don't know if it's true cause I haven't, I haven't tried it out yet or not, but somebody told me that a uh, hundred days, the, the endless mode also has the tutorial stuff in it. So you could just, completely skip over the story stuff if you want and just play the uh the endless mode which is where you're just doing your sim and i think that that's really cool uh kimono heroes is like a, a 2d platformer if, I, if i'm remembering correctly right um and it's yeah it's like four player um up to four player local co-op i believe something yeah. like that um yeah that's another game that i i need to check it out there's just there has not been enough time in the day uh these last few weeks for uh for many various reasons and um unfortunately i haven't been able to check these things out absolutely and and you're right about dirt 5 i i think that the whole reason that dirt 5 went stadia pro is because of Hori um uh what's it called Forza, Forza Horizon. Horizon. Yeah, I was trying to say Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Forza <laughs> Horizon 5 coming out. Um, nobody's going to be playing Dirt 5 when they can be playing the other one right now if they've, like, that's the new hotness, and Dirt 5's been around for a while. So I right. think it's really good that they go with with uh, Stadia Pro because that means a bunch of people are going to play it because they're now I can play a cool racing game without having to throw money at anything, which is... Uh, really, really awesome. Child of right. Light is also now on Stadia. Um, mm. I've never played that one. How about you? Have you played that? Yeah, I played it. Uh, it was this was one of the first real uh, surprise drops at E3 um, back when that was like kind of a new thing where it's like, oh, here's this new game and it's available for download now. Go check it out. Um, and I think I played it on PlayStation 4 when it first came out. It's a fun little platformer story game um it has a really interesting art style it looks almost like it's like uh, watercolor based um fun little rpg uh not a huge game by any stretch of the imagination but it's really nice to see that on stadia very good all right let's move on from this week on stadia is there anything else that you really want to chat about before we we move on because we're 24 24 minutes in 
Yeah, uh, for the kids, we continue to get the really great um, Outright Games ports of, uh, we had PJ Masks and Peppa Pig uh, on Stadia to join all the other ones that are on Stadia already or ones that will be coming in the future. Um, so this is really great to see. I love seeing these um, more younger titles because it's going to give um, give something to people uh, that can't play the Saints Rose and the uh, Red Dead Red Redemptions. Um, so it's good to see this stuff on Stadia. And I really hope Outright Games keeps porting all their, uh, their games to Stadia as well. Absolutely. I mean, you think about uh, like the grandparents' perspective. You know, the kids, mm -hmm. the, the kids come over and... Do you, do you really want to have a PlayStation, the hideous PlayStation 5? You can say what you want about it. That thing is hideous. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> do you want to have the hideous PlayStation 5 sitting under your TV? Or do you want to have a svelte uh, Google TV behind there and just a right. controller that you bought for when the kids come over so that they can play? I think that that's probably the better thing. And... All their saves come with them. So if they're playing at mom and dad's house and then they come over to grandma and grandpa's house, all their saves come with them and they can continue to play their their favorite games uh, at grandma and yeah. grandpa's, which I think is is really cool. And it's a perfect use case for Chromebooks, which a lot of kids have already to do their homework in yeah. school. <clears throat> their parents can say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to get you an Xbox or a PlayStation or, or a Switch for Christmas, but hey here i'll buy these games and we'll, we'll unlock your your favorite pj masks and ben 10 and, and all the other ones and you buy them and then they're available on every, any platform that or any screen um that that they have in the house it's it's a really good use case and i think this is going to be a good growth market for stadia is uh, skewing a little bit younger and tying that in with uh, chromebook uh advertisements i think would be a really good thing and then right after Lloyd says that, a bunch of people, you know, keyboard warriors are typing at him. No, I don't. I, I want my games. Just because <laughs> there's games that are not for you doesn't mean that there won't be games that are for you. So just keep that in mind as well. Uh, okay. Let's move on to features because there's a bunch of new features that got added to Stadia. Uh, number one is this thing that this this came from the dev blog and. It's very, very interesting. You want to tell people about channels? Yeah, so channels is going to be a way for uh, developers to do limited beta testing or uh, A-B testing on Google Stadia. Um, I've done a lot of app development in the past. Uh, I've done a lot of game testing for developers. And they use something on iOS called TestFlight. Uh, I have an iOS device, so that's why I'm talking about it. I'm sure people are like, I could do it on Android too. Not saying you couldn't, just my experience is on iOS. So you enroll for a test flight beta with uh, whatever game from whatever developer. And when they put out a new de development version, your um, test app gets updated. And then you can play it. You can submit uh, bug testing. It tracks a lot more of what you're doing. And it sends all that stuff back to the developer so they can see kind of how people are using it, what is working, what isn't, when frame rates dropped low, all, all this sort of development stuff that you, you can you can really only get from real world testing. You can have as many people in your QA department uh, beating their head against the wall trying to break your game, but the second that you put it out into public, someone's going to do something that is completely um, opposite of what any of your QA testers did. So that's been huge for iOS and Mac app development and testing all this stuff. Well, Channels is coming to Google Stadia for developers, and this is going to allow them to do many different things. They can have internal beta tests. Uh, they can have external beta tests. 
and they can do closed betas uh, on on Google Stadia, as well as uh, in the future, there's the plan for, okay, we released version one of our app, we've solved some bugs, it's now version 1.1. Well, we don't want to release that to everybody. So let's just release it to a random sampling of people that are playing this game. That's going to be huge, huge for development and getting some more real world testing. Because we saw with um, the Falconeer, uh, the one the one dude that makes Falconeer basically talking about timing issues. And uh, we didn't we didn't see this until it was in people's hands. Well, in the future, hopefully um, development like that um, can happen uh, through channels and they can beta test it, uh, release it to people that are good at breaking games uh, here, break our title and this is just going to make games run that much better on Google Stadia. Do you think that this... So, like, right now, we have... An example would be, like, Baldur's Gate 3. The game is yep. in early access. Um, they're doing... a Like, you. I bought the game, and... Well, I didn't buy the game. I, I was provided the, the game as a review copy, just full transparency. Uh, I got the game. Uh, it is continually being updated... Uh, regularly, regularly, my save data will just get wiped out because they made enough changes to the game that the old save data is just incompatible with the new save data. And so, do you see this as a better solution? Because when I look at this, I think of this as a better solution than the early access thing because they could do those separate, um, separate tests where... Okay, well, I'm still playing on my old build. I can I can hold on to that save data so I I don't lose what I was doing with my wizard. Um, but if I want to move forward and get the new stuff, it still wipes it, it. It then wipes out my old stuff, but then it gives me choice because right now, if I buy the game on Steam, I have that choice to not update the game if I don't want to. Um, right. But on Stadia, all the games are always updated, so I don't really have that <laughs> right. choice. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's a good use case for both types of um, of development um, for for developers. Uh, early access is good because they're selling someone something, so they're getting that money back. So if they're funding their development through the release of an early access version of their game, that is obviously going to be the the better thing for them to do because uh, money makes the world go around and and it pays developers to work on your game. Um, for games that already exist that maybe developers want to try some new things, like maybe, um, I don't know, Bob's super awesome uh, first-person shooter comes to Stadia, and they're like, oh, we want to try adding a Battle Royale. So we've already sold you this first-person shooter, arena-based shooter, but hey, let's update 10% um, of the people playing it with this Battle Royale mode, and only the people that have that updated version will be able to play the Battle Royale or some other feature. I think this is going to be good. Like, we... We have a console in the cloud, and now they're going to be able to do kind of cloud-based A-B testing, which really isn't possible on a console without randomly patching a certain percentage of people that download all this stuff. There's no downloads on Stadia, so they have a lot more freedom and flexibility for doing these types of tests. I think I think this is a really good thing for developers, and I think it's going to make um, the platform that much better just because it's going to give options for developers to do testing and different ways to uh, to tackle the development tasks that they're working on. And anything that they can do to make um, the development process better is going yeah. to entice developers to bring their games to Stadia. I know that there's lots of people who have said, 
games aren't coming to Stadia. I'm mad about this. I and I've said be patient. And you know, people are like, well, it's been two years now, Bill. How long do I have to be patient for? It takes a really long time to make games, and there's a pandemic. So those two <laughs> yeah. things together really have dragged everything out. And I think that Stadia gets a lot of flack. And when Stadia does something stupid that I don't like, you can be sure that I will be the first one to tell you what I think about it. And I've done it. We've done it a lot in the past where we have criticized Stadia heavily. Right. I still think that there's going to be in a few years, Stadia is going to be like the major platform because it's frictionless for the end user. And they are doing all of these things to make it easier for the developer. And especially since I don't, I don't remember when it was, but it was very recently where they made that change or they they put out the Stadia porting toolkit, and you also have like Proton uh, with with the you know bringing Linux gaming to be more prevalent. Um, there's there's just going to be a lot more of that kind of thing that people can't see how that's going to bring things together. But in the future, people are going to look back and be like, ah, okay, they were putting yep. all of the chess pieces in in place at this <laughs> point. Exactly. And digital reality in the chat um, basically sums it up perfectly. Uh, what's interesting about this is they're making channels available to any developer, not necessarily just the ones making games for Stadia. So one part of this blog post says developers can use channels to uh, set up a pre-launch playtest or close beta with a build and storefront of their choice. Mm -hmm which is very interesting they can manage the players who have access to these playtests and choose whether to keep or revoke each player's entitlement at the end of the playtest so not only can you if you're releasing a game on stadia can you use this but if you're just working on a game and you want to do an online playtest without having to manage all this stuff yourself well you you you, you set up a tool chain you port your stuff over to stadia you get it working and then you send out a, a playtest through an email link you don't even have to have a published game on the stadia blog or the Stadia store rather, um, which is very, very interesting. So I want to see how this is used. I can see this. Uh, we already know that Stadia was used in development. So some developers, I'm not going to out anybody. I'm not going to say anything that I'm not supposed to say. But I know for a fact that there was developers that were using Stadia to work on games that may not even come to Stadia, but it was a really good way to do online development and playtesting and basically allow uh, people to work on games without having to ship all of their dev kits to different parts of the world. Um, so now Google can now sell this as a service. <laughs> they can say, you don't have to release your stuff on Stadia, but we're giving you this cloud development architecture and you do so many different things. And this will partner with Stadia's white, la white labeling and all the other stuff that they're working on. They're really, they want to make online cloud gaming ubiquitous across every platform, every screen, every architecture, every everything. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a Stadia name on it, uh, which is very, very interesting. It, it's it's Google looking at the bigger picture, not just how do we sell this one product, which is exciting for me. Yeah, and at the, you know, you said something very interesting. These devs making a game and maybe it's not coming to Stadia, somebody might say, well, why is that a good thing? Because if, if enough devs get enough practice making stuff that works on stadia servers 100%. then they're gonna say well we've already done all this work so i'm just gonna flip this switch and send it and then somebody might ask well if that's the case then why why isn't this game that lloyd's talking about coming to stadia 
it might be a money situation where, you know, somebody said, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money if it's exclusive on our platform for X amount of time. And I'm not saying that that's the thing. I'm just saying that could be the thing. There's always these weird business deals that happen in the background, which really dictate where you end up playing your games. And again, uh, there's also people who are like looking at the white label thing and they're saying, well, I don't like the idea of the white label. And my answer to that is, what do you care where it is? As long as you can pay for the game and play it, I, I don't know why anybody would care other than the fact like Batman on AT&T is like 1080p and, you know, it's a limited right. time thing and it's going to vanish at some point. That's a really weird solution. I don't know what's up with that, but have um, you ever stayed have you ever stayed at a hotel that had a N64 in it that wasn't an N64. Oh, yeah. It had some it had some weird name and it had no game cartridges, but it had an N64 controller. I remember staying in a hotel like that once. And I'm like, why don't you just call it a Nintendo 64? But they they didn't. It's like play games on our hotel game service. And it's it's like that's a white label of yeah. a Nintendo product. It's the same thing that Google's doing with the white labeling. Stuff may come to Stadia or it may not, um, but it's getting more developers familiar with the um, the architecture and the tools, um, which means that future Stadia games will be better. Yeah, let's move on to, I think that this is, this is something that Lloyd and I, I'm, I'm not sure because I didn't watch your episode. Like I watched parts of your episode because I was too, <laughs> I was too bewildered at the point at that time. Did right. you get a chance to talk about uh, trials? I don't, I don't think we talked about trials okay. uh, on, on the show. This uh, is we really did, cool. Go we ahead. did talk about trials before Stadia came out and saying this is going to be the killer feature if yes. Google ever releases this. Yeah, back in the summer of 2019. Ah, <laughs> right. uh, what a time. Uh, Lloyd and I started this podcast and we said this is, I think it was like the third or fourth episode where we were like, the, this is going to bring back the golden age of demos because you're going to be able to play the game. The developer doesn't have to make a bespoke segment of the game that is okay for a demo. They don't have to worry about you uh, downloading a bunch of stuff and sifting through it and finding things. Jim, we're looking at you. Um, you, you know, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. It takes all of the heavy lifting off of the devs in order to give a demo and they do this trial where it's just like, Hey, Riders Republic is now 120 minutes for free on Stadia. Mm -hmm. You can just try it out. And this is a tweet from in lead. Who's I'm sure in chat. Cause he always says, thank you very much in lead. Um, that's really cool. Really, really cool. It's, it's really cool. And what's even better is what happens after the trial. When you get to the end of your trial, you get a nice little uh, you get a nice little pop up saying, hey, your your time's run out. Do you want to buy the game right now uh, like that? Everything about this is perfect. Uh, like Google basically rolled this out perfectly, except it wasn't available right at launch because right now um, maybe Resident Evil 9 comes out. Let's just throw out a game that doesn't exist, at least publicly. We don't know if it's a thing that's being worked on. We can assume it's being worked on. But Resident Evil 9 comes out. And it's available on Xbox Series, it's available on PlayStation 5, it's available on Stadia. But on Stadia, you can play the first 30 minutes for free. And now people can say, not only am I using it to check out Stadia as a service, or sorry, to check out the game to see if I like the game, now I'm checking out Stadia as a service. And the more people that use Stadia, the more sticky Stadia will become for those people. So this is this is going to be huge. Um, sure, 
free-to-play games like Destiny are good, and if we got Fortnite, that would be fantastic, and and all these other free-to-play games is great. But a small, short-time demo of the, the latest and greatest, and it's available day one on Stadia, that's going to be huge. I hope it happens. Um, we'll have to see. These are, well, I guess Writers Republic is a new game, but um, that's a little bit different because of Ubisoft Plus. You don't yeah. have to buy the game to play it anyway. Um, but when we get to other games that are, here's a game, it's $60, but hey, you can play this for X number of minutes. Yeah, and it's so... I have a I have a piece of advice for Google here. They have a website, uh, stadia.google.com slash u slash zero slash store slash list slash forty seven. <laughs> Why is right. that not stadia.google.com slash trials or trials.stadia.com or something Demo. simple that they can be like, hey, by the way, stop by here. Um, <laughs> why why do you have to type in that ridiculous thing? And, and I know. I can go to the Stadia store or whatever and probably find that easily enough. But if yep. you could just remember, hey, the trial thing and bookmark it or whatever, or just, mm-hmm. you know, they could put out a video in, in, in on their YouTube channel and say, these these show or these games are on trial this week. Click the link right. below to take you to all the other trials that are going on on Stadia. Like that's that would be really cool. So I don't know. Work yeah. on that URL. You got buckets of money, Google. <laughs> Fix that problem. But uh, I think trials are amazing. It's such a great way to get people to try things out. And I like that they're not all vanilla. Like yeah. one of them is 30 minutes. Another one is 120 minutes. They have, they're all going to do different things. And you take that combination of trials and um, state share and, um, you know, all of that stuff. And you can yeah. really do some like if if you have a, a publisher that's really good at that marketing stuff, you can do some really amazing things around Stadia to get yep. people to try your game. And I've said this a million times on this show and other shows. If you believe that your game is awesome, then you mm-hmm. should have a demo out. And sure. Stadia is making it infinitely easier than anywhere else. And all we need to see uh, for one of our this needs to happen uh, predictions early on, or I guess it's not a prediction when we say it needs to happen, but our our thoughts on something that needs to happen on Stadia is now when I'm watching uh, gameplay of Riders Republic, either a live play that someone's doing or a VOD of something that they streamed live or a trailer right at the bottom where it says the game name, there needs to be a button that says play play now for free, play demo now for free on Stadia. And just have that button there right beside it. The user clicks it. It takes them right to the game's listing on Stadia, makes them sign in with their Gmail account, and they're immediately playing it on their web browser. That is going to be the the best way to sell games in the future. Google's already the, the homepage of the internet. And if you can have live links to a demo on YouTube or uh, search results or anything else, it's just going to be a ridiculous way to to get click through and purchases for developers. And it's going to do just amazing things to make Stadia work better as a service or at least bring the Stadia um, existence into more people's brains. Right, because I, I know that there's a lot of um, vitriol out there and people are constantly saying, oh, everybody hates Stadia. That's not true. Most people have no clue what it is. They just yep. do not know about it the vast majority of gamers don't know about it and all that they know 
is maybe at one point somebody who they watch on YouTube made fun of it. That's the yeah. that's their entire experience. And so the more people that have a chance to try it out, the better. And the more the more games where you can say, I mean, look, uh, you know, you can play Super Bomberman R online everywhere. Uh, why would I try it on Stadia? But if you can do this with like brand new games that have just came out, uh, then that's that's gonna spur people towards trying this stuff out. You know, I've always heard people say exclusives are the key to getting somebody to try Stadia. I think the the not service options, the uh, the new systems, the features are the key to get people yeah. to trying Stadia. And people who try Stadia usually say, "Oh." It's actually pretty good. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was under the impression that this was a terrible service. Yeah, well, yeah, because you're you're reading Reddit uh, meme meme threads, and that's pretty much all the research you've done into Stadia. So you can't fault people for it. But no. uh, this is gonna this is gonna give them a, a great way to try it out without um, spending any cash at all, other than for their computer that they're already on. All right, let's move on and uh, look. This is a Stadia show. It's going to stay a Stadia show, but we do have to talk about the competition uh, because mm -hmm. the competition is heating up. Um, GeForce Now recently uh, did, in full transparency, you know, we talk to NVIDIA about stuff quite often, and uh, we have the 3080 accounts, and um, they did this thing where they have these 3080 Super Pods, which have, like, really really powerful hardware in them and yep. now on geforce now for two hundred dollars a year a hundred dollars every six months which which comes out to um 50 more than stadia pro just keep mm. that in mind by the way um you can uh get 1440p 120 frames per second or if you have a shield tv pro you can do uh 4k 60 just like stadia does uh, yep. But with like ray tracing on and a bunch of other whiz bang stuff, um, yep. both of us have played it. It's mm -hmm. really impressive, and I don't want to spend time talking about it really, but it is incredibly impressive. We'll talk about it some other time where it's not on the Stadia show. But people are like, a lot of people are like, all right, well, Stadia should probably step it up. When are we going to get hardware upgrades? And you know, Google has said we're done talking about what we're going to do ahead of time. So right. you're not going to find out about this before it happens. <laughs> it's just going to happen one day. Google's going to make an announcement and they'll say, by the way, uh, starting tomorrow, we're going to have, we're going to be able to do this and you're going to be able to do a cartwheel. So everything that we say from here on out is speculation about <laughs> hardware upgrades for Google Stadia. Anything that you want to hit before we talk about this AMD thing? No, not at all. Okay. AMD uh, has released this Radeon Pro V620 for cloud gaming and machine learning. Uh, and, you know, this is from Tom's Hardware. And basically they're saying, look, this is a new GPU from us. Stadia uses AMD stuff. Um, this is a new GPU from us, and it's supposed to be able to really compete with NVIDIA's stuff. And there's a lot of speculation especially since it's for cloud gaming, there's a lot of speculation that this is the kind of thing that we can look forward to in Stadia servers. What are right. your thoughts on this, Lloyd? 
Yeah, definitely. Like um, Stadia Blades, they're they're custom hardware. I don't believe it's just like a server chassis with a PCIe slot that they're slapping (laughs) GPUs into. Um, But they're using, uh, what is it, the 340 um, line of uh, AMD chips. And this is much faster. This is a RDNA 2. It supports hardware ray tracing. It is it competes with the 3080 um, as far as like if you're buying a card for your uh, desktop, you could get one or the other and they're kind of similar in spec. Um, so this is out there. It's being talked about. You got to know that Google uh, Stadia is already testing something like this, whether it's this specific chipset or something else. Um, we, we've talked about it in the past that there's uh, there's been hardware tests for a long time now. Um, I hope that we get an announcement close to the two year anniversary or whatever saying, hey, um, this is the new the, the new blade. Uh, this game supports it with ray tracing. Check it out now. Um, I, I think that would be how Google would announce any sort of new up- upgrades would be, hey, this is a thing we're using this. We love it. Check it out now because they've said that they're not pre-announcing anymore. Um, I, I really hope this happens soon, though, because uh, the, the GeForce Now upgrades really kind of took all the air out of the room. Everyone's like, oh, GeForce is the best. And the 3080 is super impressive. It is. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that like to own games and want to just have a cloud version of the game. They don't want to have to have a PC account and and log into PC things and do PC settings when they log into a service. They just want to uh, hit play on a game and have it look as best as it possibly can at the exact time that they hit play. Um so I really hope that this comes uh, out soon, that there's up- upgraded hardware soon, because we're seeing a lot of, um, over the last six months or so, we're seeing a lot of things where Stadia is now lumped in with the past generation consoles, not the next generation consoles, as it was done for like the first 18 months of its existence, saying, yeah, it's as fast as a Series X. Uh, our next gen games are going to be on Series X and PlayStation 5 and Stadia. That kind of didn't happen so maybe there's some overhead issues that that developers are running into i i really hope that this is the start of this is what stadia is this is what you can do on stadia and ray tracing yeah we got that um because that seems to be the big buzzword right now that people are using to put down stadia it's like well you can't even do ray tracing on it it's garbage <laughs> uh, because apparently ray tracing is the only important things in video games these days uh, you know, it's just buzzword stuff. I, look, ray tracing is cool. It makes the games really pretty. When I'm playing the game, I'm not. I don't sit there and be like, "Wow, look at the water in there." I look at that and I like for a moment. I say, "Wow, look at the reflections in the water," and then I forget about it and I just play the game. And I know <laughs> that there are people who sit there and they pixel peep the entire playthrough of whatever game they're playing. That's not me, and I can only talk about my experience. Um, Speaking of the experience, you know, you talk about the experience of sitting down and playing a game on Stadia versus sitting down and playing a game on GeForce Now. Let's skip to the part where you're playing the game. So I haven't done anything before. I'm just I'm at the part where I'm playing the game. Uh, The GeForce Now, really good. At least as good as Stadia, maybe better. The part before that where you're trying to log in or, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to buy a game. Like, if I if I boot it up on my uh, Shield TV Pro, I can't buy games yeah. through GeForce Now. I have to 
go to Steam or the Epic Games Store or GOG and buy the game and then log on and add it to my library. And I have to make sure that I add the right one to my library because maybe exactly. The Witcher 3 is in there three times. And I got to go, right. oh, I bought it from Steam. So I click on that. And I, it's this really bad UI. And it, I don't really think it's GeForce Now's fault that it's right. this this weird rigmarole because they're trying to support multiple stores. Yeah. Because And Stadia is like, no, no, we're a store. You click a button, you play a game. And for me, I prefer the frictionless experience. Although I will say there's games that I can play on GeForce Now that I can't play on Stadia. And there's games that I can't play on GeForce Now that I, or the other way around, whatever I said. <laughs> um, right. They're, they're different things for different people. And they're both really appealing and the thing yeah. that I want to make sure that we focus on when we talk about GeForce now in relation to Stadia is a rising tide brings all boats up to the surface or some nonsense. I can't remember the yeah, actual rising clip. tide lifts all boats. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and that's it. That's ahead. exactly the comment that I had because everyone's like, ha, ah, Stadia is dead. This is amazing. GeForce now is going to take over. We want our games to look the best, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, no. What this means is that GeForce now got better, a lot better. 3080 tier is amazingly impressive. But now that means that uh, xCloud, uh, PlayStation Now, and Stadia have to do something to compete with that, which means that gaming for us, the end user, is going to be better. Yeah. So any sort of competition is a good thing. When you're the only player in the market, you have no uh, you have no one nipping at your, at your heels to say, hey, make your service better. Now Stadia has a nice big target painted on their back um, saying we got to make this service better than GeForce Now. Um, so hopefully that happens in the near future. I'd, I'd love to see some announcements of, hey, this is a thing. <laughs> you can play it now. Uh, go check it out um, because that's how I assume that this is going to be announced. All right. So uh, moving on from there, let's talk about a game that's coming to Stadia that I think looks really cool. And that's yeah. Fire Commander. Um I didn't know anything about this game, but man, I love the idea of an XCOM style uh, top-down st strategic game where you play as a firefighter. That yeah. looks awesome. What are your and thoughts on this one, man? It's an RTS that isn't just about uh, killing Zerglings as they are rushing your base and trying to kill you. Like I, I really, really like this. Uh, it looks good. Uh, it like obviously it's isometric because it's that style of game, but. Mm -hmm. It just looks fantastic. The fire effects look good. It looks like it's going to be uh, like crazy uh, at times with things exploding around you and trying to save people and get everybody out. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Fire Commander. And like you, I hadn't heard of this game prior to it getting announced. And I'm like, well, of course I want this game. Why wouldn't I want this game? This is a game I want to have right now. Um, but we have to wait a little bit longer to play this game. Yeah, it, it, it's I remember when we first saw Ember. Is that the one where you're the firefighter yeah. for yeah. hire? Yeah. Yeah. And I first saw that and I was like, man, how come we don't have more firefighter games? I think the last <laughs> firefighter game that I played, other than Ember, was Firefighter on my Atari 2600. <laughs> uh, so right. I think that that's really cool and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, real quick lightning round, uh, World War Z uh, yeah. coming to uh, Aftermath is coming to Stadia uh along with nintendo switch next year you excited for that 
I am. I, I am actually really excited for this. Uh, this is a game that I haven't played yet, but it's always been on my radar. Oh, this, I love I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. This winter for Stadia, not 2022. Sorry, go right. ahead. Yeah, the, the next-gen upgrades are coming 2022, but it is hitting Stadia this winter. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun game. I used to love Left 4 Dead. I love zombie games, and this is a zombie game that is very much like the movie. So you have large groups of zombies that are running at you and climbing each other and making bridges and, and all that crazy stuff that they, they did in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and it looks really good. And it's cross-platform, I believe, fully cross-platform. So when it comes to Stadia, you'll be able to play with all your friends regardless of what platform they're on. Awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, and then finally, I don't have anything to say about it because I haven't tried it, but Outriders is finally cross-play on Google Stadia. I haven't tried it since it got updated. I'm really not super interested in going back to that game. It was so disappointing. It left such a bad taste in my mouth that I'm not going to try it. But for those of you who have been who bought it and feel like you got ripped off, it's finally at par with the well, at par. I haven't played it. It's finally on the same build as the other platforms so you can play with right. people uh, all over the place and I think that that's a good thing. Anything to add about Outriders? No, uh, I I hope it works. I really do. It, this too. is a game that I, when it, at launch, I tried to play it on Stadia. Uh, it was a bad experience, not because of Stadia, but because of the game. I tried to play it on my Xbox Series. Uh, it was a better experience. The the, the graphic glitches weren't there. Uh, but then I tried to play cross-play or, or multiplayer with my son on his Xbox. So it's Xbox to Xbox. And it was all sorts of issues. There was... Yeah, it's it was terrible. It was a terrible experience. Um, I, I'm looking forward to jumping into it because the world really is interesting. And I like kind of the fiction behind it. But man, what a what a terrible launch for this game. Hopefully, uh, hopefully now it is at least playable on Stadia. All right, let's move on to the Super Chats and everything real quick before we do uh, talk about those Super Chats. Uh, Jack, Jack DeSlipe, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say his last name. Jack DeSlip something jack d he's awesome he's awesome uh he did a super thanks uh on our previous episode uh if you don't know what that is uh if you're watching not live there's a little button down where you can thank us for the show and uh he did that so thank you very much jack for that and then we have some super chats that have come in uh while we were doing the show and we always reply to all of those by the end of the show so uh first off p cray said he was first and first he shall be. Uh, Keith Hutchison sent in a super chat. They said, do you think Stadia should pull out the checks for for games? And uh, I asked for like a follow-up in chat while Lloyd was talking about stuff. And he said, basically, like they had deals in place for like 2K games and such like that, where they were like, hey, port your game start. Like there were money hatting games, essentially. Um, yeah. And like, I guess those deals have expired and... He's asking, should they renew those deals? Um, I don't know. I don't know because paying, I, I never like money hatting games. For those of you that don't know what money hatting is, it's where you hand a hat full of money to a dev in order to get their game either on your platform or exclusively uh, on right. your platform. And I, I really don't like exclusivity stuff like that. So, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like the better move is to just make it more appealing 
which Google is obviously trying to do with the Stadia porting toolkit, the Stadia Pro updates where they're changing the monetization so that devs are getting more money. All of those changes that they're making are making it more appealing to publishers so then they don't have to say, here's a hat full of money, please bring your game to our platform. So what are your thoughts on this, Lloyd? Do you think that Stadia should open up the pocketbook and say, um, we want to buy Diablo 4 on Stadia? I, I think so. It, it happens every part of the industry. Like when you look at any leaked contracts that come out, it's like, okay, uh, here's here's an advertising deal. So it's not even the game is exclusive to PlayStation or Xbox. It's like we're the only platform that can advertise that you're on uh, on our platform. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's so many deals across the whole entire industry. Uh, what I really hope is that Google is continuing to money hat people. Um, I want to see the GTA uh, GTA three uh, trilogy come to Stadia. That would be the one platform that I want to play this game on the most. I have a feeling it's not going to happen, sadly. But I really, really hope that Google uh, dropped the money hat on on Rockstar and said, "Hey, we want these ports on Stadia um, because it's good. Getting getting the latest and greatest games is good for the platform. Just look at what happened with Cyberpunk and 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 what what has happened with uh, other games like Cyberpunk. Having it there at launch is good for the platform. It gets people talking about the platform. Um, of course, they spent a lot of money." Uh, to a lot of devs that then didn't bring sequels to Stadia for whatever reason. So people are like, this this is the worst thing they could do because you're only buying one game, not every other game that comes after. Um, but it's the sign of of um, of a platform holder fighting hard to try to make a, a name for themselves, which I think is a really good thing um, for, for the cloud industry, which is so new. Well, so Jeff uh, Carrier in chat says, instead of paying more for games google is giving up more of their profits and giving it to the publishers do you think that that's a better solution or is it a better solution to do the upfront thing it's a better solution when you already have market saturation which stadia doesn't have they have a very small uh group of people playing on stadia compared to other platforms um so in the future that's going to be fantastic for developers and publishers um but right now it's 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 like having the best sale ever on milk, but you live in a town of one person. No one's coming to buy your milk, so it doesn't matter that it's uh, the cheapest it's ever been because no one's buying it. Um, it it's going to be the same thing for Stadia. They they need they need more market penetration and more market saturation uh, to get more games coming, and then that will turn into more money for publishers and developers down the road. Yeah, like I said, I'm torn on it. I don't know how I feel one way or the other. Um, I, I prefer that. Personally, I uh, operating like uh, the perfect world. I would like everything to just stand on its own merits, and that obviously isn't going to happen. So Lloyd's probably right. Google, open up your your pocketbook and uh, get us them games. All right. right. Uh, Brent Walters sent in a super chat. They said, "Great job, welcome back, thank you very much." And then they said, "Go bombers, go." So I'm sure yes. that that's very important to Lloyd. I don't know yeah. what that means. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, number oh. one in the CFL right now. We won we won the last uh, championship, uh, and then COVID hit, and now we're back. We're eleven and one on this on the year with only a couple more games coming up. We're we're doing well this year. So yeah, go Bombers, go! That's the Canadian Foosball League. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's. It's a it's a sister league to the uh, the Canadian Tiddlywinks league. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. 
There you go. Uh, thank you very much, Brent, for the super chat. Patrick Kajirian. Sorry, Patrick. Uh, they sent in a super chat without, I think that it was a mustache. They sent in a sticker yep. instead of yep. a, instead of a comment. So thank you very much for the support. We do appreciate it. Christopher Callis became a member during the show as actually, at, um, I thought I saw somebody else do that too. And it's not in here. I'm not sure why, uh, but thank you, Christopher. And then, uh, Sukotronic says, welcome back, Bill. Nice to see that you're okay. And I am feeling a thousand times better than I was before. I'm still not a hundred percent. I still have a cough and it's still kind of hard to breathe, but I'm doing okay. So, uh, I got it a lot better than a lot of other people. So I'm not going to complain. Uh, anything that you want to add before we wrap up today's episode of Stadia cast? No, just thanks everybody for coming out and hanging out with us after uh, not doing a show last week and having uh, weird, uh, weird, weird recordings for the last couple weeks prior to that. Uh, it's it's fantastic to see all you here and all the support and all the the get well bills. Uh, that was so good to see over the last few weeks as well. It really was. And Granite T Rock uh, is remembering if it doesn't show up on in in the stream elements thing, but. He is uh, a member again for 21 months. We really do appreciate that. And he says, can't wait for World War Z. I don't know what he means by that. That's like, is that a, is that a Tiddlywinks reference? I'm not sure. And I then, don't know, but I'm going to go play some Dragon Ball Z after this. <laughs> and then Victor Del Maestro, Mastro, sorry, Maestro, I like that. Uh, he sent in a super sticker as well. So thank you all for the support. You guys are awesome. And this is... Another episode of StadiaCast, episode 133, uh, in the can. And we will see you guys uh, next Sunday at 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern right here at nerdnest.tv. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast player, head on over there, hit subscribe. For those of you that don't know, Lloyd and I do another podcast together. It's called On Deck. It's all about this the Steam Deck, which is a portable console PC hybrid thing that I bet you'll be able to play Stadia on as well. Uh, so make sure you check that out. There's a new episode of that coming out tomorrow uh, right here on this channel. Lloyd, why don't you tell everybody goodbye? All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you here live. And no time changes next week, which is the best thing. So have a good one, everybody. <laughs> That's right. I saw people complaining about the fact that it was they, – they were like, oh, no, stupid time zones. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We're out. Wonderful. Oh, geez. That was a good one. Oh, I'm still recording.